Alright, greetings and welcome to this special podcast of White Collar Crimes, coming to you with an update on a case we've been following in recent weeks, the uh, case of uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, the FTX cryptocurrency scandal. Uh, um, He has been arrested and is now in custody in the Bahamas, and he will be extradited back to U.S., as we mentioned on the podcast originally of this story, back in, I think it was 1990, 92, somewhere in there, the U.S. had an extradition agreement with the Bahamas, so if someone commits a crime, they can be extradited back. So that is what is going on with him. As I said, he was arrested, had his bail hearing yesterday. This is Wednesday, December 14th. He had his bail hearing Tuesday, December 13th. And, of course, his bail was denied, being a flight risk. That's what the judge determined. So, he has said he will not contest extradition, you know, which a lot of times that can drag out the procedures for a while. But in his case, the jail he is being detained in is being described as a rat-infested hellhole. So, I'm sure he's not, uh, you know, wanting to stay there any longer than he has to. So, he's not going to contest it because you can contest extradition, but most of the time the big issue is pretty much always what it'll come down to is are you the person they say you are and who they want, and you know, there's not much question in this case, you know, they have the guy they want and he is who he says he is, it's uh, not like he can, you know, just kind of blend in with the crowd, he's one of the types that has looks and a reputation now that's going to pretty much stand out everywhere, so he will be coming back to face a variety of charges from the SEC, some fraud charges, wire fraud charges, and, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, according to Business Insider, his mother laughed and his father also kind of engaged in some rather questionable behavior during his hearing. His mother laughed when he was referred to as a possible fugitive, and supposedly his father even put his fingers in his ears during this time to, uh, you know, drown out some of the noise and the proceedings that were going along and, you know, just not wanting to hear some of the things that he was hearing. So, uh, very strange behavior from both of these two. And as I said on the, the original podcast on this case, both of his parents are supposed to be law professors at Stanford University. So they certainly know the law and they know how, I'm sure, court proceedings go. But uh, they were not liking what they were hearing, and they have drawn a little suspicion to themselves. Uh, Actually, I believe the New York Post today as well ran a story about their uh, suspicious and questionable behavior. Now, uh, Mr. Freed has denied any connection with his parents to this scam. But, uh, you know, they're certainly not helping any suspicion that does loom around. And as I said, he was denied bail after this hearing to, you know, the fact that the judge considers him a flight risk, which, you know, that is not uncommon. You know, like I said, O.J. Simpson and some other powerful rich people have been held without bail as well because of the risk they run to have the money and resources to go anywhere they want. Now, Mr. Freed himself, uh, you know, Mr. Bankman Freed says he is completely broke now and his entire net worth has been wiped out. So, you know, he asked for a $250,000 bond and that was, of course, denied. 
but you know the people connected to him politically and socially here probably do have the money to help him go run and hide so it's going to be interesting uh you know how these months play ahead now he's not due back in court until february 8 um i have not heard when he is going to actually be extradited to uh the United States. Supposedly he will be tried in a Southern District uh, Federal Court in New York, which was where Jeffrey Epstein was uh, supposed to be tried at before his uh, very mysterious suicide that happened. And if you all are listening or hadn't had a chance to check that one out, we had a podcast that launched last night on Mr. Epstein and his white collar crimes and, you know, for profit, you know, sex trafficking and sex trafficking children and on and on. And now we're going to see what they do with Mr. Bankman-Fried. He uh, supposedly, another thing that has drawn some suspicion that's come to light here, though, is that he did buy his parents a $16.4 million quote-unquote vacation home in the Bahamas. Now, you know, it's understandable if you get a little bit of money to want to do something nice for your parents. You know, a lot of people remember Elvis Presley, the first money he got it bought his mom a pink Cadillac you know and I've seen some you know athletes NFL players and other ones that get big deals and you know buy a nice house or car or something for their parents so that's not you know that unusual but most don't buy a 16.4 million dollar vacation home in the Bahamas but again he has denied any connection to with his parents to his little scam which you know goes way beyond him you know there's most likely several government officials involved in this as we said before possibly the ukraine government is involved in this i mean it's going to have the potential to be a really huge scandal but also i'd like people to keep in mind the rich and powerful many of whom uh, that's who's is completely involved in this case uh, they very rarely are brought to justice at least not on the level like the uh, poor and, you know, common folk are. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind as this unfolds. Don't get your hopes up that too much is going to come out of it. You know, this Bankman Freed here might be the fall guy, and that may be it, even though I have no doubt it goes much deeper than, than just him. But he uh, did buy them this home, which has drawn a little bit of suspicion to them, but his parents did claim after court that these legal proceedings and these legal bills are going to, quote, wipe them out. So who knows how that's going to happen, you know? And, I mean, again, they're both lawyers, so I would think they would be able to help assist and aid in his defense somewhat. I don't know what kind of law they have ever practiced, if any. They're law professors, and, you know, sometimes that does happen in colleges. Uh, People teach in courses without having any actual experience in the field they're teaching in. So, and I do know personally some law professors uh, in my area that, you know, fit that bill as well. You know, they have a law degree and they've taught, but they don't have any actual real practical experience practicing law. Again, I don't know if that's the case with his parents, but nonetheless, it's still good to have parents that have law degrees to help you out. And, and, you know, in a situation like that now, you know, again, who knows, they're claiming that the bills are going to wipe them out financially. You know, he's Mr. Bankman Freed has claimed that he is uh, wiped out after this as his net worth went from, you know, $30 billion or something down to nothing now. So, you know, again, who knows? But, uh, you know, that is what his parents are claiming at this point, which, again, they had some very odd, unusual behavior in court that has drawn a little bit of suspicion to them. But, uh, you know, again, we'll kind of see what happens. 
So, again, he's scheduled back in court on February 8th. We will probably do an uh, episode update around that time after that happens. Kind of keep you in the loop on that. This is a case we're certainly uh, going to be following very closely because it has the potential to be the biggest white-collar crime in a generation. You know, again, not just... uh, Mr. Bankman Freed, but you have probably some rich, powerful politicians. Uh, Again, politicians from other countries, the Ukraine government might be involved in this. Who knows? And, uh, you know, this could be something that, you know, may end up with the lid blown off of it. But as I said, again, don't get your hopes up because very rich and powerful, especially politically connected rich and powerful folks, very rarely do time for their crimes. So, you know, don't get your hopes up too much on this, but we are going to follow this case as it unfolds. As I said, he faces uh, some wire fraud charges, some other fraud charges from the uh, SEC, Securities Exchange Commission. So he will, as I said, be tried in the Southern District of New York, most likely. You know, these are federal charges, so again, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. This could be drawn out for a really long time, you know, especially with all the money and the powerful people that could be involved in this. So this is a long way from over. I imagine we will be updating this case for quite some time uh, on this podcast so certainly stay tuned and you know keep us up to date if you know of any information that might be beneficial to include uh, certainly contact me and let me know that and uh, another update on a you know lesser note that did get a little bit of a not near as much news media attention as this one has but uh, Michael Avenatti, you remember the as they call him the creepy porn lawyer is his nickname we did a podcast on him a while back um, he just the other week, last week, uh, on I believe December 5th, was sentenced to another 14 years in federal prison. And he is also uh, being sentenced for defrauding the IRS. And, you know, he's got uh, recently was already put in prison for a couple of other crimes. And he's already doing some time, so this is going to actually run consecutive to what he's already doing. So he could be locked up for a while because these are cases, uh, as I said, that are going to run consecutive to the sentences he already had. He's already doing federal time. Uh, On one case, the first case he got was a 30-month sentence, and the second recently was four years and again my understanding of this sentence that he got last week is going to run concurrent or consecutively to the sentences he already has now those of you listening that aren't familiar concurrent would in this case they would run this 14 years with his other cases so once his other cases were done then he would discontinue to serve this sentence until the time runs out on the 14 year one since it runs consecutive the time will actually my understanding uh, you know, again, that, is, that he is getting sentenced consecutively. His time will not begin running until these cases are served out. So the four-year sentence must, you know, is the longer one of the two he got. Once that's concluded, then the 14-year time will begin. So, you know, he is, I believe, about 51, 52. So he's looking at being, you know, probably, uh, you know, well into his 70s or early 70s by the time he is released. So we'll keep an eye on it. Now, if you guys remember him, you know, he was kind of a rising star for a while, kind of a media darling, and uh, even said he planned to seek the Democrat nomination for the presidency back in 2020. But uh, things became unraveled for him rather quickly. Um, he, 
was also kind of a celebrity attorney and represented some not so uh, reputable ones, including Stormy Daniels, the porn star that uh, had a case against then President Trump, and he—that's uh, how kind of he, you know, got that nickname among others. But uh, he held a lot of clients, and you know, kind of championed himself as someone that was a man of the people and a guy that was out to fight for the little guy. But as this sentence brought about, uh, that was certainly not the case with him. He. Uh, had a situation where he had a client that was a paraplegic and suffering from a lot of disabilities that he stole money from and withheld his judgment and told him that it was on the way and was coming, which actually he took that money and spent it for himself on personal expenses and did that with a slew of other clients. That's what's gotten him into a lot of trouble. Plus, you know, an extortion case he had against Nike, that's also gotten him some federal time. But uh, just a real sleazebag, uh, to be honest with you, you know, to hold money from that. Uh, one case supposedly was reported that somebody was facing eviction, and he withheld that money from them that would have saved them from that and, you know, was using that for personal expenses. But, I mean, you know, you have to be a real sleazebag, just the lowest of the low, to steal from a paraplegic client that you've gotten that money for, that they trusted you for. You know, again, I've talked about that fiduciary relationship. You know, that attorney is bound by law to look out after your best interests. And clearly he did not, but, you know, justice has been done. He is going to do a little bit of time. Uh, Certainly, you know, probably his his presidential aspirations are done with. Uh, Who knows what he can do from here? He has been disbarred as well. I believe he was licensed in the state of California, although he's from St. Louis originally, not too far from where I'm at here. But he is supposed to be doing some time, uh, you know, for a while in federal prison. As I said, not going to be released till he's, you know, most likely early 70s, around that age. So, you know, chances of him picking up and practicing law again are null and void. And as I said, he has been disbarred in the state of California. Now, you can reapply to be admitted to the bar after disbarment. But, you know, who knows what his odds are of getting that done again. Uh former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich. We did a podcast on him, I believe, last year, and uh, he did that as well when he got out of prison. He, you know, pled to the Illinois State Bar to be readmitted and allow, and, you know, they denied him. So who knows? But, you know, when you have a law degree, you can always work as a consultant or maybe HR or something like that for corporations. So, I mean, I don't know that this will just completely ruin his life, but I would say his days of practicing law are over. But he could live to see the light of day, you know, and a good chunk of these ones we cover on this podcast do. And most likely he will as well, though uh, I don't know that, you know, even Stormy Daniels will probably be willing to take him on as a client then. But that's a case, too. I doubt there'll be very many more developments in this case as well. If there are, we will certainly keep you posted on that. Uh, this is, again, is a special, not scheduled podcast. We will not pick up again till. Uh, the day after New Year's, or uh, I'm sorry, two days after New Year's, January 3rd, we pick back up. So, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you back there then, unless some other major cases come up and developments where we need to keep everybody updated. We'll certainly go live, but uh, I do want to wish you all a very happy Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Again, we probably won't be seeing you until the after the New Year, so certainly make sure if you celebrate those holidays that you enjoy them. Uh, like our White Collar Crimes Facebook page. Uh, email me any ideas you have for a podcast, ryanhornvt at gmail.com. You need voiceover work, glad to do that. Uh, got an audio book that's going to be coming out again on Audible and Amazon after the beginning of the new year. 
I'll keep you more posted on that. So uh, you can always check out my website at ryan-horn.com. We thank you. Uh, Numbers are growing with this podcast, and I'm thrilled about that. We've got people listening from all over the world. And we're going to cover some cases in this new year from uh, outside the United States, too, you know, for the listeners we have in other countries. But wherever you're listening from, we certainly thank you. And hope you'll continue to tune in and support us and shine the light on the crimes of the wealthy and elite. God bless. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We will talk to you soon. Thank you.